0: The overlap of COVID-19 and influenza has experts in the U.S. concerned. We may soon face two epidemics at the same time, and this combination could precipitate a crisis unlike any other. Welcome to Stoughton Health Talk. I'm Melanie Cole, and today, I invite you to listen in as we discuss the 2021 flu season and the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining me is Anna Robb, she's an infection preventionist in emergency services at Stoughton Hospital. Anna, I'm so glad to have you back with us today, you're a great guest, very informative. Tell us right now, what is the difference before we get into this confluence, this perfect storm we may face? Tell us the difference between influenza and COVID-19. Give us some similarities and some differences.
1: To the person who is getting sick, it may be really hard to determine whether or not you have COVID-19 or flu. The symptoms are very similar. So we see things like fever, cough, shortness of breath, fatigue, sore throat, runny nose, body aches headache, and then sometimes vomiting and diarrhea. And those are really can cross over from COVID or flu. The only symptom that COVID-19 sometimes presents is a loss of taste or smell, which is not very common with influenza. So if a person has that symptom, they may be able to determine that they have COVID-19 over flu. The biggest difference is that we don't have a vaccination for COVID-19 and it's much more contagious. COVID-19 is much more likely to spread and certainly we don't have any defense against it at this time.
0: Tell us a little bit about social distancing, physical distancing and masks. Do you feel as an infection preventionist that this is going to help maybe reduce some of the flu numbers that we normally see? I've
1: absolutely heard that hypothesis and it certainly makes sense that if we are diligent about our social distancing and staying home, masking with others, that ultimately that could really reduce the transmission of influenza as well. So I'm hopeful that people will continue in their efforts against COVID-19 and therefore also reduce the impact of influenza this season.
0: So if we are prudent, we get our flu shot, Do you feel that that will help us? I know you said there's no vaccine, but will that help us at all fight coronavirus? Do you feel that just by building up our immune system or really the two don't coincide?
1: I think really the influenza vaccine is not likely to help against COVID-19, but what we're really looking for and why the flu vaccine is so important is we're talking about resources for the people that are very ill. So every year influenza hospitalizes a large amount of patients and the more people that we can have vaccinated against the flu, the less flu circulating when we're anticipating large amounts of hospitalizations related to COVID-19 can really help preserve some of those precious resources that we anticipate this flu season.
0: I think a question that many people have, Anna, is do you guys have some protocols in place that are implemented in the clinical setting to effectively manage both of these illnesses? And have you heard of any cases of
1: co-infection? Absolutely. We have a lot of protocols in place. We've been working, our incident command center has been open since March and it remains open. And so we work hard every day as new guidelines and new information becomes available and certainly have been anticipating influenza season since the start of this. And so we've been working hard to make sure that we're able to provide safe and great care to patients throughout this. What advice do you have for
0: patients if they start to come down with symptoms? And as you said, they can overlap and they don't know if it's flu or if it's COVID, what would you like them to do? Who would you advise them to call if they start to have a fever or chills or body aches or any of these symptoms that could overlap? What would you like them to do? Who do they call?
1: Most people with COVID-19 and influenza will do okay at home. So most people can rest, drink lots of fluids, and really it's important to stay in isolation and limit contact with others. Persons who are having shortness of breath, any signs of poor oxygenation, bluish lips or fingers, anything like that, those emergency warning signs should get emergency care. I would recommend anybody that has a question about, should I get care? or do I need to see a doctor at this point to start with their primary care provider? And then they can make recommendations regarding testing and then as well as whether or not medical care is needed.
0: Anna, you are an infection preventionist. That is an expert in infectious type diseases and prevention of them, really. One of the challenging aspects that we've seen from this pandemic is the vast amount of misinformation and fear that's associated with COVID-19. And now we're adding flu into this mix. Can you offer any advice to patients who are considering these questions, Regarding these challenges, I don't know if people have discussed this with you, but there's a lot of misinformation and people comparing the two diseases. Do you have any thoughts on this and what would you like patients to know about the severity of both of these diseases, but
1: really the mortality and
0: the reasons that we're taking the measures we're taking?
1: I think absolutely I can agree that there's been a lot of misinformation. I would first encourage people to just check their resources. I would stick with scientific resources over opinion pieces related to COVID-19 and certainly we use public health and CDC guidance to guide our practices here. I think the biggest concern and I certainly am not an advocate for people living in fear about either influenza or COVID-19. I think there's been some really clear guidance out there put out about how we can protect ourselves and protect others through this time. And I think with us taking those actions on an everyday basis is really important. And I think the other big thing to consider and, and why we're working so hard to keep numbers down is that we really just want to be able to continue to provide the best care to our, our sickest patients through this. And so the goal, we've known that COVID-19 is here and that it's coming and that it's not going away anytime soon. But really our primary goal has been to preserve resources and be able to provide care to patients when they need it. And so our goal is to keep the levels of influenza and COVID-19 low enough that we can continue to take care of patients when they need it.
0: Do you have any advice for whether it's underrepresented communities in Wisconsin or even the rural areas about why you want them to get the flu vaccine this year, why it is so important that they seek out a place to get that vaccine and discuss with their providers any concerns they may have?
1: Again, to speak to that use of resources, influenza causes a large amount of hospitalizations each year, and we're anticipating a large amount of COVID-19 hospitalizations. We've already seen that in the state of Wisconsin, and we are anticipating that trend will continue. And so getting the flu vaccine, because we don't have a COVID-19 vaccine, we can all get flu vaccines and try to limit the risk and the impact of flu in our communities, which will in turn open up resources to care for our patients with COVID. 19. People should look for flu vaccines through their primary care providers, through local pharmacies, and then persons who are uninsured or have Medicaid or Badger care can get a free flu shot through Public Health, Madison Dane County. That's really
0: great and very important information. Wrap it up for us, Anna, if you would, this confluence, this doubling up of epidemics that could possibly happen this fall and what you would like people to know about influenza, the flu, and COVID-19 pandemic, and coming together and so that we can all stay safe
1: as a community. Give us your best advice. I think the biggest message I would like to relay is just that this is really a community effort that really, you know, COVID-19 and influenza are both, well, COVID-19 is here and influenza is coming and we really just all are working together and I want people to feel that what they're doing and their behavior matters and in the big picture, we're really saving lives by getting out and getting our flu vaccine and then following the really everyday preventative measures, wearing a mask, social distancing, staying home if you're sick hand washing, frequent cleaning and disinfection of surfaces. All of those things, when we all do our part, will make a big difference. Well said, absolutely perfect
0: information because it is a community effort, as you say, Anna, and that is just great advice. You gave us so much usable information for this episode. Thank you again. And that concludes this episode of Stoughton Health Talk. Please visit our website at stoughtonhealth.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. Please share this show with your friends and family on social media. That way we all learn from the experts at Stoughton Hospital together, and it takes a community. We will get through this. We do not need to be scared, but we all have to practice those hygiene methods that Anna discussed today. So please also remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Stoughton Hospital podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.